there are uh, songs and uh, choruses, whatever you want to call them, but also I believe teachings that God has released through certain people that are not yet, that their time has not yet come. I remember Benny Hinn speaking in a program quite some years ago now, and they were talking about Mariah Woodworth Etta. And Benny Hinn was saying something along the lines of, um, I'm just sort of, I'm not quoting him, I'm just sort of giving you the gist of what he said, that he started to read Mariah Woodworth's, Mariah Woodworth Etter's book, I think it's the Signs and Wonders one, and the Lord said to him, don't read that yet. The time for that is not yet now. So there are, and I can think of certain teachers that I know that, that they taught, and it was a blessing to people, but it's not yet the time for their teaching maybe to become um, fully understood and released in the earth. Anyway, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 60. No surprise there. Amen. Because we're not getting out of this chapter in these Saturday morning meetings. And nor should we. And you know, if we have these for many years to come, we may never get out of Isaiah chapter 60. But we'll always probably refer back to it anyway. Because Isaiah chapter 60 is, I believe, what God wants us to walk in. So I call that the Isaiah 60 generation, that God is looking for us to be uh, functioning in. Amen. And let me just say this, I don't know how long you've been a Christian. And it doesn't really matter, it might be many years, it might be a few short years. But all that we have been through in our individual lives, and I think corporately as well, um, in other places, other churches and so on, is to prepare us to walk in Isaiah chapter 60 which I believe is the chapter that shows us what's going to happen when Babylon falls in the earth. Babylon has fallen right now. And we're seeing its collapse. We're seeing, it, we're seeing that it's eating itself up. It's cannibalizing itself. The stupidity of the system, the Antichrist, Babylonian, uh, Leviathan system, it's destroying itself with its own stupidity. But we will emerge out of this. We will arise out of this. So let's just read. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of Jehovah has risen upon you. Amen. The glory of Yahweh, the glory of the Lord. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness, the people. And I want you to see something. It says, but Jehovah shall arise over you. And his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Lord pointed this out to me. Uh, just I think during the night there that if we want to see the glory it has to be in a time of darkness the response of God and his people to whatever's going on in the earth today which is darkness yeah is glory God responds by sending his glory we're going to look at that today I want to show you today well in fact let's just read verse 3 first uh, uh, sorry you know, the da verse 2 the darkness shall cover the great darkness people but Jehovah shall arise over you and his glory shall be seen upon you verse 3 the nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawning God's answer is the glory always it's the Lord himself the Lord shall arise and his glory shall be seen so when the Lord arises over us, when Jehovah arises upon us, and let me just say this to you, there's a far deeper teaching to all this, which I'm not going to get into today. But when he arises upon us, and, and it's pertinent to people in Britain. Okay, if we get into the, the Hebrew of this. Anyway, his that when the darkness is there, his glory shall be seen. Now, we, we sang that song there, uh, as the deer, and we sang, I love you more than gold and silver. More than anything. And there's a danger of this. In fact, that book, Sleeping Giant, uh, Tommy McNeil covers this, because he talks about people who, he says, you have to be careful what you worship, or who you worship. He says, because there are people who worship revival. 
It's, in other words, the effects of God. The effects of God showing up. And you know, you can worship the glory, but you're not worshiping God. Amen. You can worship what God does. You can long for that. You can start to, in fact, the Apostle John, the Apostle John, who was the closest disciple to Jesus, amen, who, who, who uh, leaned upon Jesus' bosom, who had the revelation of Jesus Christ, but in the middle of receiving it, he tried to worship the heavenly messenger. Why? Because he saw glory. He saw glory and he began to worship the glory. Okay, now I'm going to say this to you, be a little bit crude here, but I want you to understand what I mean. Every time somebody indulges in pornography, that's what they're doing. They're worshipping the glory. Amen? Because the Bible says that man is the, is the glory of God and woman is the glory of man. You see, glory causes us to want to worship. So when you see the glory of God, you know, a lot of people are nature worshippers. And we know that nature, I, don't, I would call it creation, that's the glory of God displayed. Isn't it? But some people get into worshipping that. That's why we had sun worshippers. That's why we had moon worshippers. Amen? Because they saw the glory and it triggered worship in them. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I do feel the Lord wants to emphasize, let's not be people that worship what God does or what God gives. We're not worshiping the gifts, we're worshiping the giver. And God wants a people who, despite all he does for them and all the blessings, they don't worship him for that and they certainly don't worship that which he gives. They worship him. Amen. You know, how many people have been blessed with lots of money, lots of gold and silver, and ended up that's what they serve, that's what they worshipped. And, and, and maybe God gave them it. But folks, he is to be the one we worship and the only one we worship. So let's bear that in mind. So, but the glory will be seen and it will attract people. And you know, when, when people come and they see the glory and they want to come in, what's going on? You know, why, why are you people so happy, so blessed? They don't start worshipping the glory. We, we just point them to the one. Amen. The glory is there to draw people in. And let me just say also, the glory is there because God can't help shining with glory. Amen. But we don't worship the effects of God. We worship the glorious one. The God of glory. Not the glory of God. All right, leave it there. What I want us to, to look at this morning, and it's a good little, uh, it's a good little warning that we've just had, because I want to look at Isaiah sixty. This is what I felt the Lord was saying about Isaiah chapter sixty, is that Isaiah chapter sixty, and and walking in it, is the realm of all supply. The realm of all supply. The realm where every need is met. The realm where every hurt is healed. The realm where every sin is blotted out and no longer has dominion over any of us. The realm where sickness cannot touch you. The realm where it's overflow. My cup's full and overflowing. That's the realm of Isaiah 60. Not God met my needs. Not, you know, I needed £1.62 in bus fare and God gave me £1.62. But when you needed £1.62 in bus fare, God gave you six Rolls Royces and a team of chauffeurs to drive them and it didn't cost you anything. In other words, God drowning our need. Drowning our need in oceans of supply. You know, that... The blessing on that chorus that Sister Pearl sang. I'm living on the mountain underneath a cloudless sky. Isaiah 60 is a cloudless sky realm. And, and we ought to live in it. Not, or well, we will do when we get to heaven. Folks, we need to live in it now. You know, when Egypt was plagued and covered in darkness and lice and up flies, whatever, 
They were all right in the land of Goshen. When the angel of death flew over and killed the firstborn in Egypt, nothing happened to those under the blood in the land of Goshen. I'm drinking from the fountain. What does it say in that, that hymn? That never shall run dry. Jesus says, if you're thirsty, I'll give you water, you'll never thirst again. Amen. And I'm feasting on the manna. Manna is just a metaphor for God supplying everything we need. And it says a boundless supply. I like the word infinite. It's an infinite supply. God is our infinite source of supply. And I believe we see in Isaiah chapter 60, God's shown us what's going to happen in, in times to come. But I will say this, and this is another uh, rider to this, okay? There is, I believe, in Isaiah 60 generation, there is, I believe, a time when Babylon will fall for the last time. And there is a time, I believe, in Isaiah 60 will be a reality. But you can live in it as an individual. You know, imagine going to Smith Wigglesworth or John G. Lake and saying, we're, we're believing for revival. And what would they say to you? Yeah, you can join me anytime. Amen. You see, we can live in it as individuals until the, the rest of the Christians catch up. Amen. You are not bound to wait until there's a corporate manifestation you can have your own personal manifestation and then invite folks to join you. And maybe that's what's going to happen to make this happen, that there's going to be a tipping point that more and more people listen to these wonderful messages, amen, and, 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 and get in on the act, get in on the, the, uh, the realm of all supply. Listen, it's in Scripture, so it ain't my idea. But I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting all of us today to jump in and be Isaiah 60 people. And then maybe enough folks. So the glory of Yahweh, the glory of Jehovah is risen upon you. Or we could say the glory of Yahweh has come upon you. Now, of course, there's a reality to this anyway, because we're Christians. Because God's glory is in us and on us. But it says his glory shall be seen. Or his glory shall be manifest. Or his glory shall be visible. Sorry, visible upon you. So we're pushing into that, aren't we? We're pushing into a place where people look at us and go, oh, wow. Okay? And it's not because of our own, you know, we're so good looking. Okay? But it is a place where the glory of God is evident. And people can't, there's something about it. Sister Margaret, she's just blessed beyond measure. You can see that upon her. You can see, it's like, you know, let me just say this. We, we, we tend to maybe sort of poo-poo things like this as, as being catholic -y or religious -y or whatever. But you know that you get these pictures of folks with halos on them. I believe people probably used to have Stuff like that upon them. Visible glory upon them. Way back then. And people go, oh, you can tell that they're, because there's a glow about them. Now, it's not ready break. <laughs> okay? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the fire of God. Remember the, in the upper room? Tongues of fire. Now, that's, that's been manifest with, with certain people. But I believe it's going to be a case in this where people say, oh, they're Christians. How do you know? Well, you don't see the fire above them. Amen. How do I get the fire in my head? You may get asked that at Asda. But if you go to Sainsbury's or Waitrose, oh, excuse me, can you tell me how one gets the fire upon one's head? But Asda will be, how do you get that fire in your head, pal? Amen. But it's the same answer. Amen. Receive. The Lord Jesus is Saviour. Can you do that? Oh, yes, amen. And then you say, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then, and the fire will be in you. I'll light your candle. Our purpose is to manifest the glory of God. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that's our only purpose, but I can't think of a better one. 
Our purpose is to manifest the glory of God because we're carriers of it and because we are ambassadors from a glory realm. And we, 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 we don't always think that way, but we should. I'm here to manifest the glory. Okay, now, again, we don't get caught up in all the glory because, you know, we get, it's the God of glory. But if you're going to manifest the God of glory, you have to manifest the glory. That includes manifesting, and really this is what it's about, what is in the glory. What's in the glory? What is in the glory? What is in the glory that we need to manifest? Well, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, if you want to turn there. I know you know this verse, but let's just physically look at it because when we see it, then I do believe that we need to look at Scripture. You memorize the Scripture. A lot of times we just walk about and we've memorized it. But, but I learned this from Kenneth Copeland, and I think it's a good one. The Lord showed him that you still have to look at it. Amen. You have to look at God's Word because you've got an eye gate as well as an ear gate. Amen. And I want God's Word going in every gate, don't you? So Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus or by Christ Jesus. Okay? The riches that are in glory, they're in him and they're by him. And notice this. All your need. All your need supplied. All your need supplied. See, if you're need conscious... I need to pay my gas bill. Oh, I've got that bill coming up at the end of the month. Oh, prices are going up. If you're need conscious, you're not supply conscious. And need conscious thinking or consciousness, if you like, consciousness of need is going to lead to failure in life or going to lead to a restricted life or going to lead to a fearful life. But if you're supply conscious, then it doesn't matter. Like I said, we're not going to have another sermon about lure pack, I promise you. But if lure pack goes up to £10, it won't matter. Amen? We're a lure pack family, yes. <laughs> we're all lure pack people, aren't we? Because it's the butter, okay? I don't read where it says the land of margarine and honey. <laughs> Amen? The land of utterly butterly. Or pseudo butter. It's real butter. Amen. For Isaiah 60 people. Anyway, like I said, that's, that's no more mention of lure pack. Everything you need is in the glory. Because he says, I'll supply all your need. And that little phrase, according to, actually means from out of. But it can also mean according to. So there's two ways to look at it. And one of them is that it's from the glory. So in other words, in the glory is everything we need. But it also means that on the earth, it'll be according to his riches and glory. In other words, on that level of supply. Uh, it means on that level. So not just getting by, but overflow from his infinite riches. So, you know, there is no need. There's no lack. There's no shortage in heaven. But there is abundance. So it's from his abundant riches, his infinite riches. Like I said, you need bus fare to get home, you know, then God's supply to you will be, he'll send you a chauffeur-driven limousine. And he can keep the limo and I'll pay the chauffeur's wages. That's how God thinks. If that's not the God you serve, then get introduced to that God. Because he drowns our need in oceans of supply. That's who, he, but we haven't seen that God so much. We've just we've seen a parsimonious God. We've seen a, 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 I don't like using this term. Some preachers use it. We've seen El Chipo, but we should have been seeing El Shaddai. But what I want to, to show you is God pours in. Okay, now how do I know this? The Bible says that if you sin, then then grace pours in so much. 
You can't outgrace God's supply of grace by your sinning. Amen. Where grace, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And you know, what that means is every time that you um, go into deficit, God pours in grace to bring you back into the black. Amen. Or into the white. <laughs> Amen. All right. So, overflow from his infinite riches. We are supplied from an infinite source of supply. Now, let me just say this to you. It's not just gold and silver. It's not just money. It's not just cars. It's not just material riches, but it includes them. But like I said, kingdom wealth is not wealth to make you GRU. Kingdom wealth is to make you somebody who is a bank in the spirit realm who gives, lends, whatever, to people who need it. In other words, out of your overflow, you meet the needs of the people. Uh, brothers and sisters, to begin with, but even sinners. Amen? We're, we're, we're here to manifest inexhaustible so, uh, supply, uh, but it's not just financial or material. There's, a, there's infinite love. There's infinite mercy. There's infinite grace. There's infinite kindness. There's infinite power to drive demons, drive sickness, drive darkness out of people. We were talking before the service about the rise in paganism. Well, folks, there's an infinite supply of holiness and of deliverance power for the nation so that the nation be utterly cleansed. There's an infinite fountain of blood. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunged. Oh, sinner, come to the fountain because it never stops flowing. It's not a stagnant pool. It's not if you didn't get in by the 18th century, forget it. Folks, it flows. And as long as a sinning man, woman or child needs the precious blood, there's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Yes, Amen. So we need to be aware of that and we ought to be walking about going, there's a fountain, there's a fountain, there's a, there's a fountain all over me, a fountain of blood to purge and cleanse, a fountain of supply to meet my needs and then meet the needs of the people. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, 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 always having all your needs met, all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So God is pouring through us supply. Now you might start off, you might start small, you might start, well, I can only give them a fiver, I can only give them a tenner. But as you keep walking in it, keep believing it, keeping the consciousness on, you know, we, we, I was told yesterday about somebody who isn't even, I mean, this person occasionally goes to church. Occasionally. Struggles in his life. But never financially. Never. Why? Because this guy gives £200 a month. Out of not a wonderful salary, but £200 a month to the work of God. Okay? That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for someone who's not fully committed. Amen? And what's, what's, what's the point? The point is, is that God keeps pouring it into him. But money's just one level. Money's just one thing. But you know, if you got up tomorrow and says, where can I pour my love, kindness, gentleness? Where can I pour mercy and grace? Where can I pour whatever it is? Then let me just say this to you. God would see to it that you had an abundant supply of that. And let me just, let me just tell you something else. You ever looked at somebody... And we're getting into deeper stuff here. You ever looked at somebody and they maybe do something wrong and you can see the judgment of God coming on. 
Sometimes they die. They step into something, boom, they're gone. Or you just, but you look at someone else and they live, it appears to you, they live quite fast and loose with God and they mess up a lot and yet they always come out smelling of roses. Well, let me just say this to you. I guarantee you that the person who comes out smelling the roses is somebody who has a merciful heart towards others and shows grace and mercy. And the other guy or woman is somebody who's quite, you know, the Lord judge them. Amen? Because what you walk in is what you are sowing. You will reap what you sow. So I think a lot of people... That God, you think, how come God shows them all that mercy? And they've done stuff I know about, my goodness me. And that other guy, he just stepped out of line once and bam. It's because what you are pouring out is what will pour into you. That's, that's just whatsoever a man sows. The Bible says, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. So if you're sowing kindness, people are going to be kind to you. If you're sowing mercy... What does it say? Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because you're somebody who is probably giving goodness and mercy out to other people. So it's not just money. But money's money. Like I said, I've known, there's two people I've known in my life who, who weren't Christians. One became a Christian very late on in his life. But, but money kept, they were like, Magnets for money. Money kept coming to them, sticking to them. They were always loaded. Why? Because they were two of the most generous men I've ever met. And they just kept, and, and you know, the type of men that if they're standing at the groceries, the, the, the counter, and they see some, you know, somebody struggling to, to, to get the money, to pay, they would just, I'll pay that. Am I right? And, and, and these, these men were like that, just so generous. And they never ever lacked. Why? You see, it's a law. It's not just, oh, it's just a law for Christians. No, it's not. It's a universal law that whatever you sow, you reap. Anyway. <coughs> when the glory is in you and upon you, whatever is in the glory is yours to access and manifest. That's what, see, when Isaiah says the glory is risen, the glory is come. What he's telling us is whatever's in the glory has come. It's not just glory as in, oh, look, he's shining, the face is shining, don't they look amazing? It's not just that. It's the glory as a realm. The glory as a place. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you, which means that whatever's in heaven is in, in you. So when you say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The very fact you're there is the answer to that prayer. You came, you saw, and you spoke. See, when Jesus walked the earth, we would have said, oh, the kingdom of heaven's come down the earth. Because the king has come down the earth. But he's now walking in you and I. Oh, Jesus left. Jesus, the, the, the human being, you know, um, left. The Son of Man left. Jesus is in the heavenly realms at God's right hand in his human body. But Jesus is in this room in every single one of us. Amen? Or God's word is a lie. I know which one I'm picking. But we don't think like that because we see ourselves separate from him. And whatever we're going to be doing, folks, to get into Isaiah chapter 60, walking and functioning, is, is we have to start embracing our identity. And our identity includes union with him. One spirit with the Lord. So if I'm here, Jesus is here. If you're here, Jesus is here. And if you go to Asda after this, Jesus just came to Asda. Amen. And if you see a need, you reach out. And, and, and you pray, or you lay hands, or whatever it is, and he, Jesus touched that person. <clears throat> Jesus walked into that supermarket. Because when the glory is in you and upon you, 
Whatever is in the glory is yours to access and manifest. And that includes Jesus and it includes his father. Jesus says, if you love me, the father and I are going to come and love you. Do you think he was just saying something? You know, Jesus isn't writing nice wee cards that you can buy in the glow. With nice sentiments on them. His word is spirit and life and truth. So if Jesus says, then if you love me, who loves him? Amen. We all love him. Then the Father is here and Jesus is here and we know the Holy Ghost is here. So the Trinity is here. And if you're one, that's too bad. Amen. Because the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit are here. In this room. And when you walk out that door, they'll walk out in you. It says, I love the King James, I will walk in them. Other translations say, I will walk among them. But I like the King James, I will walk in them. So God just walked across this room in me. God is sitting in you on your now, not saying we're God. That's not we're not we're not we're not you know we're not cultists or maniacs. But you know the living one is in us. Amen. And dwells in us and dwells among us. There's a dwelling in us and there's a dwelling among us. When we come together corporately, he's among us. But when we go home, he's in us. So we know from Colossians 1.27 that Christ in us is the hope of glory. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we're talking about glory. And we're talking about the realm of all supply, which we've just seen is in the glory. The wording for hope in Greek is elpis. Elpis doesn't mean to wish, or I sure hope that happens. I sure wish that would come to pass. It doesn't mean that. It means to confidently expect, not vaguely wish. In other words, it means, well, where is it? I'm expecting. When you go to a meeting, do you confidently expect the Holy Spirit to, to turn up? Do you confidently expect that God will bless you? Do you confidently expect that God will supply your need? Because if you do, here's how he's going to do it from the glory. Now, it will show up on earth. It might come through. A, Jesus says, if you give, men will give into your bosom. <coughs> Amen. So God will, show, God will show somebody else. They gave, or they don't need to know that, but God will just say, give that person. Now, sometimes you get medical supply where money just shows up. Okay, and I've had that. I've had God multiply. And one particular occasion I remember, we lifted a collection in a church that used to pastor. And we took the money, we counted it, we put it away within a sealed bag. And when we went back to the bag, the money was doubled. And the Lord said, you preach well today. The laborers worthy of double hire. Now, I sure hope that would happen in every service. <laughs> Amen. But you know, God's not a slot machine. Lord, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Amen. And other times where, I, where I've known I've had an empty wallet and gone and it's been filled. That doesn't happen every day. But you know something? I believe in Isaiah 60 that it will happen all the time for every believer. But it won't be, oh, well, go get yourself some nice new dresses, darling. It'll be, who needs this today, Father? Where does this go today? God will multiply money to you if you'll just be a conduit. Why? Because it's not just your needs that need supplied. It's whoever there. That's why people say, let's go back to the days of the early church. Well, let's do that. Because in the early church, the folks with money came and laid it at the apostles' feet. Because they didn't like that there were people in the room and in the meeting that didn't have enough. Why should I be able to pay all my bills when dear sister John and uh, dear brother John and sister Harry over there, they're struggling. I can see they're struggling. Uh, apostles, yeah. I just sold some land. Give that out. You know, you know who needs it more than I do. But it, it breaks my heart to see need in the body. Does it break our heart to see need? 
Because when it does, I believe this, we'll walk in Isaiah 60. But as long as it's, I'm all right, Jack, I'm okay. Everything's fine in my world. God's, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. My needs are met, folks. Until there's no lack in the body, we're not finished. Our mission is not accomplished. Amen. We've still got work to do because we want to create a community or God create a community where if you if you come into that community, there'll be no lack in your life. Is that not a good recruitment poster? Come to church and you'll never ever struggle to pay a bill again. My God, would it? You, you just need to have the doors open all the time. Oh, that's, that's taking it too far. Well, it's just taking it as far as some places I can read in God's word. And, and in fact, even under the law, it says there'll be no poor among you. That's what God commanded in the law. There shall be no poor amongst you. What is he saying? He's saying you have to create programs that eliminate systemic poverty and you have to teach people that being poor is not God's portion for them. And then when they get the message and they start prospering, they'll look around their circle and say, who, who has need? Who, who, who's, who's got a need that I can meet? Because God met mine. And you know, when we're uh, into getting folks saved, it's exactly the same. I needed saved, thank hallelujah. Now, now who else needs saved? So spirit, soul, body, every realm of life, Isaiah 60, I believe, is the realm of all supply where God says there's coming a generation of people who will walk where every need met. And they will be people who dispense that. You see, God's purpose for you and me is not that we just be receivers, but that we be dispensers. Amen? You know, if all the bank did was take your money on deposit, then that'd be okay. But what about people that the bank loans money to? Because they're dispensers as well. Amen? So we need to be people who give it out. Um, and God will see to it that more comes. So that's just money. But again, it covers all other things. You know, you ever notice that anybody who's had a spectacular healing in their lives automatically has a healing ministry? You know, somebody's been set free. Say somebody got set free of cancer. I want somebody who's set free from cancer to lay hands on me if I have cancer. Why? Because they've received something. And if you've received something, you have something to give. That doesn't mean you need to have had cancer to pray for folks that have cancer. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, I noticed a long time ago, is that God uses people who are delivered from drug addiction to set other people free who, who have drug addiction. And alcoholics. Amen. Or men that have been set free from prison. Saved in prison, set free. And they, then they have a prison ministry. Why? Because what you receive, you can then give to others. You, you've become a, not just a recipient, you've become a dispenser. Well, we need to wrap this up. So, Christ in, us, is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the confident expectation of supply that comes from glory realms. God shall supply all your need according to his riches. Where? In glory. How? By Christ. So the riches that are in the glory, they don't come except by Christ. You can function in a little bit on earth, as I said, if you're a generous person, because the law is sown and reaping working for you. But if you're a believer in Christ, if you're a Christian, that means that your supply comes from the glory and it comes because you're a Christian. It comes by Christ. It's in Christ. So if you've got Christ, that means you've got all your needs met. Hallelujah. It's not a promise, folks. It's a reality. It's a promise back in the old covenant, but in the new covenant, it's ours to walk in. <clears throat> what about that glorious verse? Let's just read it. Colossians chapter 2. We'll, we'll, we'll need to wrap this up quicker. Colossians chapter 2. And it says... Watch this, look at this. Verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 
You see, if you receive something, you're then able to walk in that. Amen? You know, is, uh, do you have a driving license? As you have therefore received license from the, what is it, the DVLA, DVLA so drive a car. Amen? So walk in it. You've, you've been licensed, you've been authorized, you've been ordained. You receive something from the driving instructor. So walk in it, so enjoy it, so have it, it's yours. Amen? But if you haven't received it, don't drive. Because <laughs> you're unauthorized, you're illegal, you're not licensed. Amen. But if you've received something, now we've not received something, we've received someone. We've received Christ Jesus the Lord. So what does Christ Jesus the Lord have that you and I don't have? Nothing. Nothing. He has access to all the riches and glory, doesn't he? Well, so do you. My God shall supply you according to his riches, his infinite riches, his infinite supply, his all supply realm. And what is it you need? You need healing? Sure. You need set free? Demons go. You need uh, whatever it is you need. He is the supplier. He is the actual supply. You received him. So walk in it. When you receive Christ, you receive a confident expectation that he will supply. Notice that the supply that comes from glory is by Christ Jesus, which we saw in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. So walk ye in him. We are to walk and function as people who have received him. It's not just a formula or a system or a principle we've received. It's not just, well, do these three steps. I don't really like all that. Three steps to this, 25 steps to this. We didn't receive a principle. We received a person. We received the Lord of glory himself. We received. That's why I love you more than gold and silver. Nothing else could satisfy. We received him. Isaiah verse 60, so chapter 60, verse 7, we're closing this now. Just a couple of minutes left, really. Isaiah chapter 6, let's go back to it. I want you to see this. Isaiah chapter 60. Go and read it, you'll see it. Um, I'm not going to read them all out because we're sort of short of time. But numerous verses here where it talks about us receiving the glory or receiving the light. Now everything that is in that glory then becomes ours. Because the supply comes from there. Now, let me just say this. I, I, I preached this, in fact. I preached this in Pastor Joe's church in Kirkcaldy. And he loved it. There was a man there who believed God for a house, and he got a house like that. He meant not saying because of my preaching. I'm just saying. But I preached how the Bible is the Argos catalogue of life. Amen. And you know, if you've got an Argos catalogue, now you don't have the physical stuff. But you see the beautiful things on the page, don't you? Oh, I want one of them. Oh, oh yeah, a gazebo for the garden. Oh, yes. Or, you know, a printer for my computer. Whatever it is, it's all there. It's in the catalogue. Amen. And here's the thing. If you have the catalogue, <coughs> And you have the means to pay. Whatever's in that catalogue belongs to you. All you have to do is pay what's required. Now, if you have this book, whatever's in this book belongs to you. And the only thing you need is the right currency. And what's the currency? Faith. Amen. But if you've got this book and you're in Christ, everything this book promises you and says that's yours or you can have that, it's yours if you pay, if you go to the Argos store. If you go to the throne room and say, I receive that. And it's mine, I found it in the book. Here it is. You know how you go, you have to fill in the wee thing. And it gives you the page number and the product number. You take it and they go and look for it in the back store. Let me just tell you, God's store 
never runs out. He's not going to come and say, we ran out of them, sorry. And what's, what do you, let me tell you, forget your Visa card, forget your MasterCard, okay, because all you need is faith. But if you can find it in the Argos catalogue and you can pay for it, it's yours. If you can find it in this catalogue, because this catalogue is a portal to the glory where everything's supplied. It might be healing for your body. It might be peace for your troubled soul. It might be something else. It might be financial. It might be whatever it is. If it's in here, then it's yours. And what do you do if you can't pay for the Argos thing? You save up. What do you do if, you, if you've just not got enough faith? You build your faith. Don't you? See, your spirit man is a bank. And if you just keep filling it with the word and supply until there's enough faith, then you can go to the catalogue and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to pay. I'm ready to receive. Don't complicate these things. The glory is where it all is. The glory is the back store. This is the catalogue. Amen. And the angels are the ones that will go into the back store and bring it to you. Amen. In good time. Very quickly. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 7. It says, I will glorify the house of my glory. God will glorify his house. You are his house. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6 tells us we are God's house. And in, in Isaiah 60, he's actually talking about his temple. He's talking about the house. It's a temple metaphor. If you read Isaiah 60, you'll see it's talking about all the things needed to build a temple. We are God's temple, aren't we? Tells us in uh, Corinthians. Who's, we're the temple of God. Know you not that your body is the temple. Isaiah chapter 60 is speaking of the temple. God's house or God's people. His dwelling place. We are to be glorified as his house. The place he dwells in. And there's numerous verses that will show you that if you read it in Isaiah 60. God is in the business of glorifying you. All right, we'll do that. Okay. God is in the business of glorifying you. As his house. As the place. Now, let me just ask you, what happened when they dedicated the temple? When Solomon dedicated the temple? They built the temple. And it wasn't a cheap job either. Everyone covered in cost in today's money many, many billions of pounds to build the temple. What happened when they built it? Solomon says they dedicated it, and then it says the house where they were in, the temple where they were in, was filled with a cloud of glory, wasn't it? It was filled with God's glory. The priests couldn't even stand to minister. Okay, the very first thing God did when they presented the temple, he filled it with his glory. If you present your body temple to God today, he will fill it with his glory. If you do that every day, then you will walk the rest of your life filled with the glory of God. And sooner or later, brothers or sisters, that glory is going to be seen by other people. Amen. Amen. Somebody's going to come up to you and go, Oh my goodness, what is that about you? It may be a brother or sister in the Lord who says, God's all over you. You ever have had that? You ever seen people like that? We've, we've, we've stepped in here, we've had wee glimpses. But folks, imagine every day getting up. I dedicate my body temple, fill it with your glory. And then one day it's just, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's not something to aspire, to strive to. Oh, Dear Lord, can it happen? It's not, it's not that. It's just, that's your lifestyle. Why? Because what we said at the beginning there. You're not visiting beyond the veil. Let me ask you, when you go beyond the veil, why is the veil there? The veil is there so that we don't get blinded by the glory. Isn't it? But when you say, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm coming beyond that veil. I'm, I'm coming in. I'm, 
Oh, come in, come in, come in boldly. Why? Come into the glory realm of God. Come into the throne room. And when you get your, your eyes will get adjusted. Because it's not visitation. It's not we go in as tourists. We are living in the glory. The glory is living in us. The glory is living on us. It's all glory. Every time we look, we see it through glory. Everything we look at, we see it through eyes filled with glory. It's living in the glory realm. It might be aspiration, but folks, and it might be just now visitation, you dip in and out. Folks, keep pressing because God wants habitation. Amen. He wants, we've had glory clouds in the meetings, haven't we? We've had the gold dust thing. We've had all these things. Now, you know, it's a lot to hoover up if you have, if you have gold dust every time, isn't it? But, you know, but we'll take it, Lord. We'll buy a couple of new hoovers. <laughs> you know, it's a small price to pay, but it's not even those things, is it? They're wonderful. In fact, you go through to the big church, there's a place where the glory cloud comes quite regular. But folks, habitation. God glorifies the house of his glory, it tells us. Well, in the New Testament, that's you, that's me. That's us collectively, that's us individually. We are God's house. We are the house of his glory. And he says, I want to glorify you. I want, I want, I know your glory's in there. I put it in there, I, I, you know. But I want other people to see it, not just in you, but to see it upon you. Because let me tell you then, you don't need leaflets. Let me tell you then, you don't need Facebook adverts. Let me tell you then, you don't need, can, you know, uh, can you ask your friends to come when they see the glory? The nations will come and kings will come to what? To the glory. Amen. We could, we could speak, preach this all day. But we'll leave it there, folks. The Lord bless you. Hope that's helped you this morning.